Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to this fantasy booking warfare episode of Wrestle Ramble's Podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, I'm joined by Luke Owen. We will not hang around, let's get straight into the pitches and we'll talk about all the the workings in the outro. So here is my pitch document for Brock Lesnar losing the Universal Championship. Now, I don't have a huge amount of confidence in this booking, I'll be honest with you, but here we go. My main aims for this was to create a new star, was to make sure that we get the belt off of Brock, obviously, but also try to... Because I, I feel that the Universal Championship has lost a lot of its luster. It hasn't really meant a whole deal. So I'm trying to find a way to make it seem like an important thing again. So that's that's the aim of my booking. Okay. So here we go. Brock Lesnar losing the Universal Championship. So in my reality, because we actually started... It's been so long, we actually started scripting these before Money in the Bank. So mine kind of takes place really in that world. And in my version of events... Samoa Joe won the universe, uh, won the uh, the Money in the Bank, and but we're still doing the the Dolph one, uh, Dolph beat Seth to win the universe, uh, the Intercontinental Championship. Okay, so Raw Week One, Kurt Angle comes out and says that Brock Lesnar has not been on a on Raw or pay per view since the Greatest Royal Rumble, which was quite some time ago, and he's had a meeting with WWE management about what to do with the Universal Championship. He brings up the 30 day rule and points out that that doesn't really apply to Brock. He says that he has asked Paul Heyman and Lesnar to meet with him next week live on Raw so they can move forward on a business and professional level. The following week, Angle comes out, but he doesn't look too happy. He says, look, I've got to be upfront and honest. Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar said they would be here, but they haven't shown up. He announced that at Extreme Rules, Brock Lesnar will defend the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns as Reigns won, as beat Jinder Mahal at the Money in the Bank and points out that Roman did technically beat Brock at the Greatest Royal Rumble. So he does deserve another title shot. So they continue to build this match with Roman always asking Kurt if 
Brock's going to show up in the in the weeks leading up to Extreme Rules. And on the final episode of Raw before Extreme Rules, there's supposed to be a contract signing, like a behind like a backstage contract signing similar to that AJ and Shinsuke Nakamura one. And again, Lesnar doesn't show to that. Angle promises Roman that he will be at Extreme Rules. So we get to Extreme Rules. Roman comes out again to massive booze as as is a custom at this time, and he's in the ring waiting. But Lesnar's music doesn't hit. And in fact, no music hits him. Just Kurt Angle just walks down to the ring and he looks a bit sad and a little bit annoyed. And he walks in and he tells Roman completely off mic. They just sort of pick it up on the, the microphones on the camera that Brock isn't here. And Roman just looks, he looks pissed off and he throws his hands up in the air and walks to the back. Angle walks over to Jojo and whispers in her ear and then he walks to the back as well. And there's no official announcement that's made. The commentators just sound confused. And the camera's chased backstage and we see Roman talking with Vince in Gorilla. And he, does, you know, he just looks annoyed and Vince tries to calm him down but Roman storms off. The next match starts. No championship match takes place. So we come to the following Raw after Extreme Rules. Angle comes out and says that he wasn't able to officially sign a contract with Brock Lesnar for Extreme Rules. He just thought, you know, I, I thought Brock, I could take Brock at his word. He said that Heyman wouldn't return his calls and he didn't send back the contract that Angle had fedex to him. And Roman comes out looking all pissed off. And he asks, why is Brock being protected like this? Doesn't this company have a 30-day period where the champion has to defend his belt? Whatever happened to that? Angle says that he can't really talk about this right now. And Roman demands that he does. Angle is about to talk about a contract. But Drew McIntyre's music hits. He and Dolph walk down to the ring and they grab a microphone. Drew says that Roman is just like Angle. He's just like Vince and he's just like everyone in that locker room. He's soft. He calls the company soft for allowing Brock to walk all over them. He says that Angle is soft for not stopping it. And he calls Roman soft for not doing anything about it. And he says, now if it were me who was handed opportunity after opportunity like a certain big lap dog. And that Roman hears that line and he goes to attack. Boom, super kick out of nowhere. Dolph lays him out and Roman's sort of like in the corner selling the attack. And Drew says, as I was saying before I was rudely interrupted, if it were me who was handed opportunity after opportunity, we'd already have a universal champion who's here each and every week. And if it were me who was told he'd be getting a title shot and it didn't happen, well, I would go to the back and I would throttle Vince McMahon until he made it happen. While Drew is cutting this promo, Rock gets ba uh, Roman gets back up and he takes out Dolph and then he goes after Drew and they have this big old pull-apart brawl. Later in the night, Angle announces that Drew and Roman are going to have a match at SummerSlam to determine a new number one contender and at SummerSlam Drew beats Roman to become the new number one contender to the Universal Championship so we're now on Raw after SummerSlam Drew comes down to the ring and he asks uh, he asks Angle so when's Lesnar coming like when's he gonna be here I've got my title I've got my new number one contendership when am I face when am I facing Brock and Angle says look I've, I've spoken to Stephanie McMahon and, and the truth is what I don't know I don't know Brock and Heyman say that they do know and they are going to be here next week and they're going to tell us when that's going to happen. So the following week, Drew and Dolph come out and they wait for Brock. Brock's not here, man. Angle comes down again looking solemn and Drew just looks at him and goes, don't tell me he's not here. And Angle's like, he's about to start saying something that he's been calling and texting and Drew just cuts him off and says, I don't want to hear your excuses. I want to hear Vince McMahon's excuses. And Angle says, look, Vince, like, Angle says that Vince can't come out and starts to stammer over his words. I've written in brackets. That should be easy. And, um, I mean, I just did it myself. And Drew says, you know what? Fine. Have it your way. And he and Dolph go and sit. They go, go and grab chairs and they sit at ringside. 
Commentator's not really sure what they're doing. Angle exits the ring, looking a bit confused, and he heads to the back. Next match starts. It's No Way Jose versus Bobby Roode, or whoever you want. You could throw Kurt Hawkins if you fancied it. Um, and as soon as the bell rings, Drew and Dolph just rushing to start beating down both men. Call for a DQ. They leave the ring and just get back into their seats. Angle comes out off mic screaming, what the hell are you doing? What are you guys doing? Vince then comes out. No music, no no chance. It's just Vince McMahon. He comes down to the ring. And he gets in and he says, look, me and Drew, we've got a lot of history and I appreciate your frustrations, but the fact of the matter is Brock isn't here. Drew and Dolph get back into the ring and say, that isn't good enough. Vince says that he promises that Brock will be here next week. I promise you. Drew says that, you know, this should be a good incentive to help, help along with that drops him with a headbutt not similar to ko's headbutt but like that drew mcintyre headbutt which isn't as like it just feels more vicious rather than you know concussing a 65 year old man so the next week drew comes out and he says that he has on good authority that brock is actually here tonight and he calls him out but it's not brock brock doesn't come out in fact gilberg comes out and he's carrying the Universal Championship, or a version of the Universal Championship. Drew orders JoJo to announce that this is now a Universal Championship match. Drew has had enough. He's had enough of this. He's like, if Brock's not going to show, I'm going to make my own match. I'm going to win my own championship. Claymore, Drew wins. He declares himself the Universal Champion. And he he and Dolph celebrate with their belts. Angle comes out and asks, what the hell are you doing? You can't just say that you're the champion now. You can't just walk around. Drew tells him that you need a champion round here. And no one had the balls to step up and make themselves champion. No one had the balls to step up and make this happen. Angle says, look, you could tell Brock is still the universal champion. Drew looks around and says, well, I don't see him. And I haven't seen him in quite some time. He pauses and says, have you got any better ideas? And Angle just sort of, Angle doesn't really know what else to do. So for the next week and months, we see that Drew is taunting Brock and saying that I'm the true Universal Champion. I'm the guy around here. I'm defending this belt. He defends it on Raw each and every week in an open challenge format because he wants to establish himself, A, as a champion that is always there and a champion that will defend his belt. Within, like, you know, a couple of weeks, he's already defended the title more than Brock has in the 400, 500 days that he's had it at this point. He even goes down to NXT to offer up an open challenge to see if anyone can fight him for the NXT, for the uh, Universal Championship. He goes over to SmackDown. He doesn't, he doesn't care. He even defends it on house shows, and they show this on Raw that he's defending the title on house shows, so try to, you know, build up those house show tickets for people to go see the Universal Championship is actually being defended on house shows now. You can go and see this. And all the while, we keep getting these Twitter videos from Heyman sort of laughing at how all absurd this all is. Like, you're not the real champion. He reminds everyone that Brock Lesnar is the true champion. Drew defends the title at Hell in a Cell against Kevin Owens and at TLC against Finn Balor each time he wins. He has now beaten everyone who has previously being the Universal Championship, which is what he brags about on Raw after TLC. He's like, I mean, I beat the man who was the previous Universal Champion, Gilberg, because that's who Brock Lesnar won it off of. I've beaten Balor. I've beaten Kevin Owens. There's no one left for me to beat. And whose music hit, uh, should hit? But Goldberg. Goldberg comes out and he says, look, you didn't beat me. You beat some guy pretending to be me. And he brings up the, uh, he beat Brock Lesnar in a matter of seconds at Survivor Series a couple of years ago. And he looks at his watch and says, by my calendar, Survivor Series is just around the corner. So what say you put your, you know, put your money where your mouth is and face me for the Universal, for your championship at Survivor Series. Which they do in the main event of Survivor Series, Drew McIntyre pins Goldberg in just 40 seconds to retain his Universal, his Universal Championship. And the roar after Survivor Series, Drew comes out and says, look, I've beaten everyone now. I've beaten 
all there is to beat. I've even beaten all the previous Universal Champions. And he has his open challenge. Outcomes, I've written, I don't know, Dash Wilder. And Dash comes out very quickly, Claymore. Drew wins. Drew's about to challenge for a, get ask for another challenge to come out, and Brock's music hits. It's the first time we've heard Brock's le- Brock Lesnar's music since the Greatest Royal Rumble, and Brock comes out holding his Universal Championship. He gets in the ring, and both men hold up their titles. The match is set for Clash of Champions. Clash of Champions. Title versus title. Brock versus Drew, and at Clash of Champions, Drew wins and holds aloft both belts, declaring himself the undisputed champion. And the next night on Raw, it's announced that the Universal Championship has now been renamed to the WWE Undisputed Championship, and they get a new belt design that doesn't look as rubbish as the Universal one does. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Okay, so there's a few things that I have to change about reality before we go into this. And this is a SmackDown guy wins money in the bank just to get the briefcase out of the way. Otherwise, it will be a, a red herring that isn't needed. It's, a, un, it's a, you know, a loose thread that just isn't worth having. Seth Rollins is still the Intercontinental Champion. And the, so my story starts at SummerSlam. And also before SummerSlam, Brock Lesnar has turned up at the July UFC 226 show, challenging the the winner of the heavyweight title match 
for a match later in the year. And he does so in the octagon, wearing his Universal title belt on his shoulder. So everyone thinks Brock Lesnar is leaving again. You've got that set up. And it's just, it's the way it's going. It's Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. We can't avoid that, but don't worry, we're getting it out of the way quick. So, SummerSlam. It is Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar in the main event. And again, everyone goes into this thinking, well, Lesnar's leaving. He's definitely going to UFC. He can't juggle both at the same time. He is dropping the Universal title here. But, just like Brock Lesnar's return match against Cena, this is a one-sided domination again from Brock, even more so than the Mania match. And it's the main event of the show, so this is closing out SummerSlam, remember. Reigns hardly gets anything, and Lesnar is just throwing him around, putting him through the announcer's table, everything. And the announcers start to play it up like Brock is going in it for himself here. Obviously alluding to it without, you know, kind of exposing that wrestling's predetermined and that, oh, a real thing's actually happening. There is a way around that. So in the end, Lesnar wins by choking Roman out. So Roman's just passed out now, but Brock continues to throw these hard elbows onto Reigns, just like he did at the close of SummerSlam 2016 against Randy Orton, which was also played up like a shoot, also intended to make you feel, is that real? Was that actually meant to happen? Was that planned? And you get loads of referees and agents and lots of different people trying to pull Brock off in these closing moments and they do but he he knocks a few down and he throws a, a few occasional strikes at people and it's not made a big deal of but Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon are down there in all the chaos so they don't like they're never announced or alluded to but they're there and it just adds that ele element of realism but also you notice in this big melee is Seth Rollins and he gets in what seems to be a proper fight with Brock. Not a wrestling fight, but a proper scruffy, raw fight. Of the, you know, maybe one of them gets busted open in the mouth, stuff like that. And everyone is legit trying to pull these two apart, because this is now the new focus. Yeah, and you just play off Seth's kayfabe friendship with Roman there. And Lesnar storms off after this little scuffle, screaming, I am effing done with this company off mic and only the camera picks it up and again it's it's trying to get that realism there for people to go was that i mean i'm pretty sure it was planned but was it and that's that's the the tone so the next night on raw uh raw's kind of confused based on what happened the previous night brock's still the universal champion roman reigns is is no longer features in our story i don't care what happens to him Take him off telly, reboot him in uh, 2019. And Seth gets on the mic eventually and starts shouting about how it is a damn shame that the Universal Championship no longer matters. Because that just isn't a new belt. That's a belt with a lineage that goes back just decades. And every single person who's hold that held that title, Brock is disrespecting. He's an insult to everyone in this ring who's ever stepped foot in this ring everyone in the back and all the fans. The longest title reign of the modern era, and he's only defending it 12 times. Where's your rematch, Finn Balor? Where's yours, Kevin Owens? Finn Balor sacrificed nine months of the prime of his career just to hold that title. And and you, Brock, you're just treating it like a, an easy paycheck. So he says, the Universal Champion has 
has been held hostage and Seth is going to burn it down. He's going to burn down the beast. But until then, when Brock finally shows up and Seth can kick his ass, the Intercontinental title is the top belt in WWE. Not just Raw, in all of WWE. The man makes the belt and I am the man and this is the belt. And if anyone has a problem with that, come down here so I can stomp your face into the ground. Later that night, Kurt says he agrees with everything that Seth has said and the men and women who put their bodies on the line every single night will have a tournament to crown a new number one contender who will face Brock at Hell in a Cell. Now, this tournament, Seth beats Baron Corbin in the first week. That's just to get a bit of Seth uh, Corbin dissension going, which is just like a sort of background storyline. Uh, then Chad Gable and Seth Rollins meet in the second week. They have a really good 30-minute match. But Corbin distracts the referee, unbeknownst to Gable, uh, and that gives Gable the win. So Gable has accidentally won without meaning to. So Gable advances to the tournament. And Gable's like, hey man, let's do the match again. And Seth says, no, you do this. So that's so Gable's still kind of a babyface. Um, but all through this tournament, it's building up that Kurt can't get through to Brock Lesnar or Paul Heyman to, to sort of confirm this Hell in a Cell match. And Raw might not have a main event at the pay-per-view. But Seth Rollins will be defending his Intercontinental title against Baron Corbin at Hell in a Cell. It's just, don't really need to pay any attention to that. Though. So Chad Gable wins the tournament. He is facing Brock Lesnar as the Raw main event at Hell in a Cell. Everyone's super behind him, super underdog, really likeable guy. And Chad's just been doing these vignettes where he's really training. He's gotten himself into super shape. This is the biggest opportunity of his career. And... At the start of the pay-per-view, though, Kurt reveals that Brock is still not here, and they make plans for the SmackDown Hell in a Cell match to headline the pay-per-view, just in case Brock doesn't turn up and people leave disappointed. And then, near the end of the night, Chad Gable comes out, and he's waiting, and he's geared up, but he kind of knows what's going to happen. Kurt Angle walks out with no music, and he just mouths at the top of the ramp, I'm sorry, man, he hasn't showed up. This was Gable's big chance. He's been training so hard for Lesnar. But despite having wrestled already in that night against Baron Corbin and won, Rollins comes out and says, these people want to see Chad Gable wrestle for a title. We went 30 minutes on Raw a couple of weeks ago and we blew the roof off the place. How about you say let's do it again? So of course... Everyone's into this. Gable's earned it. And they have another 30-minute match, which is hopefully very good. And the storyline there is that Seth has already wrestled, so he is really in danger of losing the belt. And Gable is completely fresh and super conditioned for this big fight he thought he was going to have. But Seth just wins in the end. But Gable's done enough to really put himself over in defeat. Now, on Raw, after Hell in a Cell, Seth cuts a promo still about how that proves that the Intercontinental title belt is the top championship on Raw because that was Raw's main event at the pay-per-view because Brock Lesnar didn't show. And he's going to prove it week in, week out. The open challenges are back in effect. And I'm also challenging Brock Lesnar for a champion versus champion match at TLC. Winner takes all. 
So the winner would be the Intercontinental Champion and the Universal Champion. But then three weeks out from TLC, Seth's open challenge is answered by a returning Jason Jordan, Seth's former tag team partner. He's been gone that long. This was what Creative had for him. And the two have a long match, which Seth has won in the finishing sequence with a blackout. But Heyman appears on the apron the first time since SummerSlam, and he's distracting the referee while Seth gets the visual pin. And then as Seth stands up and he's screaming at Heyman, Heyman's like caught, sort of like got hold of the referee now, like pay attention to me. Brock Lesnar has run through the crowd, gets in the ring and hits Rollins in the back of the head with, crucially, the Universal title. That's what it's all about. It's a metaphor as well as a prop. And Brock puts Jordan's arm, who's, you know, Jordan's knocked out from the blackout, puts Jordan's arm over Seth. The referee counts one, two, three. We've got a new Intercontinental Champion, Jason Jordan. What does that mean for TLC? It was meant to be Rollins versus Lesnar. So Raw, two weeks out, the following week after that. Jordan, still playing up that really good heel character he had from before he got injured, claims to be really sorry. Um, but I didn't do anything wrong. I was cheated as much as Seth was. I had no agency in this. And Gable's like, yeah, the, the, that, a similar thing happened to me when I fought Rollins in the tournament. But I gave him the chance to do it again. You should give him the chance to either fight for you again or, or, or just give him the title back. You want it through nefarious means. You know that. You're recognising that. And Jordan's like, no, but I need to take on Brock Lesnar. I need to be the guy to, to beat Lesnar and save Raw. Really playing up that, that, like, a heel who thinks he's a valiant babyface, but actually he's a coward. And that spins off into a Gable-Jordan feud later down the line. Meanwhile, Seth is enraged. That Intercontinental title belt meant everything to him. That was the top belt on Raw to him. And Baron Corbin says something smarmy backstage, and Seth flips and beats up Corbin. And Baron's like, I suspend you indefinitely. So Seth's out the picture. Now we're at TLC. It's Jason Jordan versus Brock Lesnar because that was the title match that was booked. And Lesnar's like, easy paycheck. I'm turning up for this one. So Lesnar mostly dominates Jordan. And Jordan's, that's not just because of Jordan not being as big as Brock. It's also because Jordan has just approached this through an experience and cockiness and arrogance. And that's what's left him out of his depth. A character flaw, not an ability flaw. And you almost feel sorry for Jordan. But not completely, still an annoying brat. And five minutes in, though, Seth appears in the crowd in street clothes. And hopefully the crowd are going wild for him. And he makes his way down to the ring. Brock is jumping up and down like, come on then, let's do this. Let's throw down. Rollins gets in the ring, looks at Lesnar. Everyone's really heated. They're just about to brawl. And then, boom, Seth hits Jordan. And there's a confusion for a bit. And then the ring announcer goes... The winner of this match is Jason Jordan via DQ. And Brock is furious and him and Seth just start brawling. And in the spirit of TLC, officials are out to separate them, but it is doing, it's having no effect. They're going at each other with chairs and other weapons. And the closing visual is Seth doing a frog splash off the ladder onto Brock through the announcer's table. Tables, ladders and chairs. And Seth poses with the Universal title atop the ladder. 
Now on Raw the next night, Corbin is outraged because Seth was suspended. He suspended him and he ruined the Raw main event at TLC. He's going to fire him, goddammit. But Angle finally shows some backbone and stands up to Corbin and he says, no, you are not. I don't care what you think. I don't care what Stephanie thinks. Seth is the guy to lead Raw. And that is why I am booking Seth versus Brock for the Universal title at Survivor Series. And in the building weeks, Rollins keeps putting over all the careers that Brock has held down during this really long tenure of the Universal Championship and not being around. Kevin Owens and Finn Balor never got their title rematches that are rightfully theirs. Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns, boo. <laughs> if Brock defended his title the amount he should be, that he would if he respected the belt, then these guys would have more opportunities and they could they could potentially win the biggest accomplishment that any wrestler can in their career. Um, the next week, Heyman cuts a promo on Raw saying how, yeah, Brock doesn't care, mate. He doesn't care about the fans. He doesn't even care about wrestling. This is just a job that Brock Lesnar happens to absolutely dominate. And he gets paid very well, thank you very much. So he's just going to keep on coming out. He doesn't have to do all this fan service stuff. He doesn't care. Seth comes out, and this is where we start to get the the sort of tonal bit of turning everyone's back on Brock and Paul Heyman. So Seth comes out and he says, this man just said that him and Brock Lesnar do not respect you guys. Turn your back on him. We don't respect them either. So hopefully all the audience has fun. They get behind Seth Rollins, the babyface. The whole audience turns their backs on Paul Heyman cutting this promo, as does Seth Rollins. And Heyman's getting irate, doing, no, turn back round, you know, d listen to what we've got to say. But they don't, so... And Rollins gets everyone also to stomp their feet and do burn it down to drown Heyman out. And Heyman just walks off in a huff past Rollins. Now, on the go-home Raw, it's billed up as a an in-ring confrontation. You'll have Seth and Kurt Angle on one side and Brock and Paul Heyman on the other, just as a, a final signing segment before Survivor Series. But Brock's no-showed again. It's just Heyman. So Seth gets everyone to turn their backs on Heyman when he talks again in the, in the crowd. And eventually, Kurt Angle turns his back on Heyman too. Heyman, frustrated, walks out backstage. He's walking around through the corridors. And officials, ring crew, other wrestlers, they are all turning their backs on him as he walks through. And then he gets out into the car park and there's Finn Balor, smiling, of course. And Heyman, like, says, hey, you know, I always respected you, Finn. You know, I, I put you over in that promo. You could, you're one of the most legitimate badass guys, best wrestlers in the world. And Finn's smile just disappears, turns his back on him too. And Paul Heyman... His face changes as well. He goes, that was a bad mistake. Because in the same shot that's been following Heyman through the backstage area with all these people turning their backs on him, a limo turns up in that car park and out gets Brock Lesnar. Universal title in hand. He is pissed. Boom! Knocks Balor in the back of the head. And in that same shot, West Wing style, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar start to walk back towards the ring, occasionally with Lesnar just clobbering people left and right. Some people are trying to run away. Most aren't fast enough. And then it cuts back to the ring. 
and Seth is getting ready. He's amped up. He knows that Brock's coming for him. Kurt also takes off his jacket. He's ready to throw down. Lesnar's music hits and loads of officials are walking behind Lesnar to try, like, just calling him, not actually physically touching him to come back. Brock walks down to the ringside and that's finally when the refs stop him and they're, like, keeping him back. Seth straight through lawn dart dive onto all of them they all go falling and then loads of wrestlers run down for the big pull apart thing that they haven't done admittedly in a while and this is sent by baron corbin of course because he hates seth but then angle starts fighting off some of the referees and officials too angles right in there he's sick of lesnar dominating raw like this rollins and brock are brawling and then all the wrestlers get too much and they separate brock and seth in this big line from the just cutting the entrance ramp off from the ring. Seth's in the ring, Brock's outside, loads of people between them. But who else is on the wrong side with Seth? Paul Heyman has found himself in the ring, and he's worried. And Brock Lesnar realises what's going to happen, and he's he starts to, like, knock down a few referees, but then all of the mid-card just stand up, looking right past him, and turn their backs on Brock looking into the ring and Brock just like realizes he can't really get through all of them so he just stays there and Kurt holds down Paul Heyman and Seth hits a curb stomp on Heyman and that's your big go home angle for the uh for Survivor Series so Survivor Series it's Brock Lesnar without Paul Heyman versus Seth Rollins it's the main event of the night and they wrestle a big 20 minute match when the referee is knocked down and who should appear but Paul Heyman with a neck brace with the universal title sliding it to Brock Brock picks up the title to clobber Seth with and he whacks him right in the head Seth is out but Kurt runs down this isn't going to happen on his watch. And he starts to wrestle the, the Universal title out of Brock's hands. And you get those flashbacks of the Brock and Kurt feud of old. And Brock picks up Angle for the F5. But he doesn't get a chance to hit it because Finn Balor shotgun drop kicks Brock in the chest. It sends Angle out to safety. Brock's down and Finn Balor and angle roll out to the side they make sure to grab the title with them brock's like looking at everyone like what what's just happened and then who's that walking down to the ring it's kevin owens it's braun Strowman. it's samoa joe chad gable aj styles they're all the top wrestlers who've been held down by brock all over this the last two years even jason jordan is down there and they all start hitting the ring mat and they lead the chant, burn it down, burn it down. And Brock's kind of looking every which way, he's surrounded by all these people. The whole audience are chanting, burn it down with this stomp as well. And Seth rises from the grave after being knocked out by the Universal title shots. And he is also hitting, uh, doing the burn it down stomp. And he hits a whatever and then hits the curb stomp. And it, he wins. New, new Universal Champion, the locker room lifts Seth up on their shoulders for the celebration. They finally vanquish the Beast. Well, we've just heard your pitch right at the end there, and holy hot damn, when we were talking about this earlier today, you kept saying, like, oh, mine's really bad. Mm. And, I've, and I've, it made me feel a bit better, because mine is really bad. Like, I just, mine's so half-assed. Like, I just could not find a hook. I couldn't find anything. And you just kept saying, yeah, mine's not really that great either. Now I'm just starting to think, 
You were working me all day long. Psychological warfare. No, it's because we've been... So we we were meant to do this one about three weeks ago. Yeah, probably about a month ago. Yeah, so I had the idea there. And when you sit on an idea for long, it doesn't feel as good as when you first come up with it, I think. Mm. So I've been... Yeah. I, I thought the stuff at the end worked quite well. Honestly, that, that stuff with everyone hitting the mat, though, yeah. which I, I think was the best part. I uh, only came up with about 10 minutes ago. Yeah, that is, I'd tell you, that is definitely the best part of it. Yeah. yeah, I really, really liked it. Because originally it was this weird thing where they'd all just line the ramp. And I was like, but how does that work? I don't want Brock to just do that lame, grab the Titan and walk off and yeah. be stopped by everyone. So uh, I think it's probably the PWG trailer we watched. <laughs> and they were all hammering the mat. Yeah, probably. Uh, so originally, my because I kept on saying to you, I need a swerve. Because all mine is now compared to your amazing Alistair Black faction debut, which was just so swerve heavy, and I really enjoyed it. So I was like, where can my swerve be? And it was going to be at the end of that, Samoa Joe was just going to cash in his briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end, I was like, I even wrote that in at the end, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, no, it, it, it ends on a much nicer thing with everyone lifting him up, and you get the crowning him, and I, yeah, vanquishing the beast. I think is a, is a really nice way to mm. put it. Uh, but I, I, I thought it was really, I thought it was terrific. Really, oh, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, all the Chad Gable stuff was really interesting. The Jason Jordan stuff was really interesting. But it's kind of like that's sort of like your act two yeah. to build into your big act three, which is the uh, the Seth stuff. And I think that was actually one of the things I struggled with with this fantasy booking warfare is that because Brock isn't there, it is very hard to write or come up with a really interesting story. And we, you and I both had a similar idea, which is just that, and he never shows up. Mm. It's a re- Like, at one point, one of the things I first wrote down was, um, I, I think I had, like, Seth's in Money in the Bank, and then he, just, and then it was like, and then he cashes it in. And just wins, and I was like, that was my whole thing. I was going to just get the title off, him. yeah, because there's no real, there's no other interesting way of doing it. Then I thought, mm, no, people are people, you know, people have paid to uh, to to vote on this. I should really put more effort into it than that. It's a shame that WWE have done this to us. If you asked me last year about the Universal Title, I would have really quite defended Brock Lesnar. I would have been like, what you know, the hot Samoa Joe feud, that awesome SummerSlam match. The match against Goldberg. And AJ. AJ, yeah, sure, you had that Braun Strowman stinker at No Mercy as well. But, you know, overall, I thought that was a, a heck of a run last yeah. year. And it was a run that was made so special because Lesnar wasn't around all the time. And Raw was okay. For the most part, like, yeah. yeah. Like, it had a better roster of people that could carry it without Lesnar. Um so, but this year I've really soured on it. Yeah, it's I've like, really I'm, I'm bored. Soured. I'm yeah. bored of Lesnar now. So I'm so bored of it. I've said it multiple times now, but Roman should have, Roman should have won at WrestleMania. Yeah, then but that's d- not even like a happy end. That's just no, like well, no, this better of two evils. I was going to say, but at least it, we could have just moved on. We could have moved Roman into something else. But like Raw is just in limbo since WrestleMania, and they they did it just for the swerve. Like mm. they did it for the sake of swerving the fans. And I think that's been a real detriment to Raw. I think they have, they've cut their nose off to spite their face in that sense. Because they must have known that Brock wasn't going to be around to kind of book stuff for him. So you've seen, I, I couldn't care about that title. Yeah. Absolutely could not care about it. I don't care who wins it. Like, I, like they're talking about, you know, Roman and Bobby fighting each other to crown it. I, I couldn't care less. Yeah. And I think that probably did affect the fantasy booking that I was writing. So I was like, this is a storyline I don't care about. 
Mm. And that that's probably and I think that's reflected in the fantasy booking because it is mine essentially is in two parts because I think I wrote half of it four weeks ago and then I wrote the other half today. Well, I like all your Drew McIntyre stuff. Yeah, that was more or less the second half of it. I like, he, the, I like choosing Drew as the boy to push and yeah. the, the whole Vince McMahon bit. I thought you could build on the Vince McMahon story more, though. Well, that's it. Like, I think I had the Vince stuff when I, I started writing it four weeks ago. Mm. And then uh, then I essentially changed it to the second half. It was like, and then he declares himself as the new Universal Champion. That's really where mine falls off a cliff. And I was, the only reason I was thinking about it, I, was, I thought about it while I was doing yours. I was like, uh, do you know what I should have done? I should have at least tried to put something in there to compare it to the Akada Tanahashi thing of just like the same amount of title defenses ah, yeah. going in because at least that could have given it an extra wrinkle I the, my only flaw with yours is that Drew Drew's first victory was against Gilberg like which immediately starts it off as a tone of a joke belt yeah yeah whereas everything that comes afterwards is like I'm a badass and I'm beating legit people yeah so I think he should have just gone like Maybe even against Dolph. Well, I think my, and done a yeah. super noble. I think, uh, let's who find out who the best is. I think my original plan was they were just going to essentially say we're going to do a tournament to crown a new Universal Champion, and that's when the, and then Brock comes back after that, and then you do the title versus title thing. Mm. And in hindsight, that's probably what I should have gone with. But that was the version I came up with four weeks ago. Then scrapped that, started writing a different one, and then I've essentially gone back to that, but a bastardized version of it. We just need to. Do it, don't we? Yeah, I know. Just do just, it when just, we're meant just to. Just to do it when we're meant to, rather than waiting like six weeks to to do this fantasy book and warfare. We should have just done it. But it was it was the hardest one that we've ever yeah. done. And it, you think like looking at Brock Lesnar loses his Universal Championship. Yeah, that should be. You should have ideas competing. You're like, oh, there's so many, but I guess I'll go for this one because it's the best. Yeah. Whereas it was scraping. It, I was proper scraping. Mm. Yeah, I was. I was really like, and that's not against you know the people who voted for it or even the person who suggested it and it was so long ago I can't remember who that was but it's it was something that really didn't interest me because there was also like a Dean Ambrose return yeah Dean Ambrose return which so, would have been fun so much more inter- or Nikki Cross joining Sanity like that I'm, I've got much more interest in those two um, than I did anything for um, yeah for, for this one Oh well, I hope you all enjoyed it make sure to go over to the YouTube videos to cast your vote doesn't matter which one you click on because we just total it all up at the end yeah but click on one of the fantasy booking warfare videos and vote for whoever you thought was the winner because we can't do polls on podcasts no we cannot no but yeah we'll uh we'll see you soonish i guess well we'll see you on tuesday for the raw review yeah, yeah we'll see you then take care i love you goodbye What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.